the coaches network bringing the game together that is how you're going to grow and not just want the fairy tale of yeah i'm doing everything great that's not how you're going to progress the coaches network bringing the game together you're now listening to the coaches network a podcast aiming to bring people at the heart of coach and player development together my name is Coach Yas, a UEFA A licensed, FA Advanced Youth Award and FA Goalkeeper B licensed coach. With over 10 years of experience working in youth football from grassroots right through to Premier League academies. I'm currently operating as an affiliate tutor for the FA alongside working towards a Masters in Performance Football Coaching. Today I'm going to be joined by my co-host and the Coaches Network Analysis Specialist, Coach Ben. Ben is a UEFA A licensed coach who holds the FA Youth Award and a Masters in Sports Coaching with 10 years of experience including working across the male and female youth development pathways alongside a vast experience on individual player and team performance analysis. And as part of our insight series, we'll be joined by a range of individuals working across multiple disciplines within the coaching world in order to explore their journeys and dig deeper into their experiences so that we can leave you with some golden nuggets to help you reach your full potential. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Jess, and today I've got a very special guest with me, um, joined by current head coach at Juventus Academy. He's based over in Oman, Coach Gerald Lamy. Gerald Lamy also has his own podcast, um, so guys, we'll get on to that later. But for now, Gerald, good morning. How are you? Good morning, bro. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Um, it, it's, it's good to be on the other side of the table. <laughs> um, well, listen, it's a pleasure having you. Um, I'm not going to waste any time, Gerald. Let us, let us know a bit about yourselves and for those that don't know how did you get started with your journey um, so basically all kicked off in terms of um, just my love for football has obviously come from a young age um, obviously football being a free sport where we, where we came from um, yeah just kind of fell in love with the sport and just the whole game um, and through through that journey I was able to experience a lot of things, you know, use it as an outlet, especially considering the circumstances and the environment that I came from. Um, so it's more so using football as an outlet to kind of escape from what, you know, the reality of life. Um, and through there, like I said, I, I experienced a lot of stuff um, in terms of playing, was able to, to, to go and play abroad um, in places like Cyprus, uh, of course, the UK, even back home in Albania, I was able to play football over there. So, you know, it's taken me through through a journey. You know, I've I've met a lot of people throughout this course of of my my time in the football industry. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I could sit here and say I had this injury, I had that injury, but when it comes down to it, it you know, I took I took a bit of time out of football when I was sixteen. Um, for about two, three years. And, and during that time, I was abusing my body, doing things I shouldn't be doing. And of course, you know, rebuilding myself again, you know, and getting to the stage where I was able to play full-time football. Um, eventually, you know, that sort of lifestyle will take its toll on you, which, you know, it, it did. Um, and yeah, you know, like when it, when it comes down to, you know, I wasn't I wasn't mentally prepared for that for that, uh, what can, how can I explain, that, that work rate, again, that, that I desired from, from the beginning, do you know what I mean? Even though I did, you know, I grafted just to get back to my fitness and things like that. So, yeah, you know, um, it, when it came down to it, it was a decision where, you know, I said to myself, I was around the age of 24. Um, I said to myself, what do I want to do in terms of, you know, career-wise? Uh, all I ever wanted to do was play football. So, you know, when, when that time came for, you know, you know, for me to make a decision whether I wanted to stay on um, playing or actually get into something, you know, long-term, it was a decision that I made, you know, I started venturing out, started diving into, you know, coaching, a um, bit of scouting, a um, bit of agency work at that time as well, just to kind of, get a gauge of, you know, what, what sort of department that um that I wanted to, to be involved with. I knew it was football. Um so yeah, I had I had I had um some good experiences across all the border of, you know, the the three things I just mentioned. Mm. And then um yeah, to be fair, it was more so coaching that kind of gravitated to me, you know, like little things like 
Um, I remember I was speaking to to Mike Hamilton as well, the uh, academy manager at um, AFC Wimbledon, and he was saying the same thing. Where you know I was in love with the game football manager when I was younger, and it, it, it's crazy how you know little things like that building you know building a team in the game. It's like you're slowly building little philosophies and and things like that, and it's like it's carried me. You know, to what I'm doing now, you know, it, it was something I enjoyed. So, you know, helping others, seeing the development of, of youth players um, and just still being on the ground and, and being hands-on and, and things like that, that was something that gravitated towards me, you know. So I first initially started with um, setting up my own sort of, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, an academy or soccer school. Or, to be honest, it was more so myself and my friend, we started it in, in our estate um, just to give back, just to give back to the youth in, in, the, um, in the local area, you know, they've seen us go through certain transitions in our lives and it was more so to give back to them, to show them, you know, there's different ways, you know, you don't have to just go down the, the typical route, should I say, of, you know, coming from Hackney and a, a lot of kids, you know, we, we, we tend to drift off you know, to, to to things that we shouldn't be doing. So, yeah, long story short, and you know, we, we, we started building that, you know, and that's where the, the real passion of, of coaching came from. Uh, just seeing the, the, you know, seeing the difference that it was making to the kids at the time and, and seeing, you know, the, the, the joy in their faces and, and just the development as well in that short space of time that we had them, just seeing them develop. And, and I, don't, I don't mean just... Football-wise, I mean in terms of their behaviour pattern, you know, like for us, it was a thing where you got to be on time. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, that's number one. Make sure you're on time. Make sure you apply yourself. Make sure when you come, you, you're not looking scruffy. You make sure you have the right right attire. And if you don't, if you can't afford the right attire, we'll help you with that. Do you know what I mean? But make sure you don't use that as an excuse for not giving your 110%. So it was more so developing the, the use uh, their mindset and then using football as a as a as a bridge, you know, to kind of bring them in and help them and nurture them um, to to become, a, you know, the best version of themselves. So, yeah, long story short, um, you know, it, it took me to where I am now, and um, yeah, just enjoying the process. Definitely, and you know, you touched there, you know, kind of around the age of twenty four, you started to embark on coaching. Um, mm. So, how long have you been coaching now? So coming up to about six years, six, seven years. But um, I was doing a bit of coaching before that, uh, just briefly when I was 18. I was just um, doing bits and pieces, nothing serious. Any, it was just to kind of like get me by with, um, yeah, just trying to just trying to still be part of the game. But at the same time, I had like one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. And obviously with, with anything that you do in life, you got to make sure that you you give it your all, do you know what I mean? So I was, I was doing, you know, brief sessions here and there. Um, but yeah, in terms of full-time coaching, coming up to about seven years now. Okay, brilliant. So you know, I've gone into full-time coaching, both feet in, as you'd as you say. Mm-hmm. Where's that journey taken? You know, obviously you started off, you know, local council, local council estate um, that you grew up on, uh, trying to give back to the community, but, you know, things have flourished and developed massively since then. And just take us through that journey now. Yeah, so through through that time again, like I said, we we set up a, like a soccer school. It was called Tech Soccer School at the time. Um, from there, it just kind of grew. Um, it got in. I got in contact with with um, Arsenal community. They kind of heard what we was doing, the sort of work that we was doing in, in the community, and it kind of went hand in hand uh, with you know at the time what I was doing. So yeah, it kind of kicked off from there. Uh, was working with us community. It was a great, great foundation again for myself to be working for a club that I, I grew up, you know, supporting and and to be part of that club in any sort of capacity. That was just that was a dream come true for myself, you know, being able to just represent the club. Um, so it came through there, and you know, again, one thing that I'd always tell people is make sure. You put yourself in the right environments. And what I mean by that is make connections and, again, make the best account for yourself that makes sense, like in terms of 
make sure you turn up on time, make sure you ask the questions, make sure, you know, if there's anything extra that needs to be done, you, you make sure you go and do that as well. Put yourself in, in a place where people are able to see your work. You know, at the beginning, it might not be financially rewarding, but in the long term, if you, and this is one thing as well, especially in this generation is, you know, they want things very instant. They want everything to be fast. Everything needs to be coming now, you know, today, where it's like, it, I understand with, with um, social media, a lot of things that people see is like, straight away, I need this. But in terms of having a long career, you need to think about the long term. Um, so again, put yourself in the right position. Um, and then, yeah, it's, you know, I, I grew into to my role. Um, I got more responsibility. They saw, you know, the impact that I was having with the youth, um, the way the youth, you know, reacted to my approach and, you know, for them to be relatable to me as well, me to be relatable to them. It kind of, you know, it was it was an easy sort of transition for me, you know. Mm. So, yeah, they, they saw the progress. Um, so I was given more responsibility within Arsenal community, you know, uh, leading a lot of projects for, for Arsenal community. Um, and then... I branched out to the soccer schools, which was a completely different sort of avenue in terms of traveling abroad, you know, going to Italy, going to Bahrain, and then coming here to Oman. To begin with, it was like, it, it was a different experience, you know, coaching these kids that have similar sort of, how can I explain, similar sort of, outlook to life but at the same time it's completely different in terms of mindset so it's again it's about me adapting to to new surroundings adapting to new ways of coaching new, new culture styles and things like that um and then yeah i've got the opportunity to come out here in oman um one of my one of my mates that was out here first initially he approached me and said you know there's an opportunity to come out in oman would you be interested and you know at that time it was it was difficult if I if I'm being honest with you with um, coaching in in the UK because you know at that time I was doing the, the community stuff um, I was doing scouting I was just doing loads of other roles I was coaching for Grey's Athletic um, for a non-league side and it was it was a it was time consuming with with stretching myself a bit too much and come end of the month you know if you look at the paycheck it was it was barely, it was barely nothing. Do you know what I mean? As luckily, you know, I had a missus at the time. Well, still now, but at that time, she was doing business and it was keeping us afloat. You know, while I was still pursuing my dream. So, lucky I had that support mechanism there for me to keep going and be able to, you know, pursue my dream. So, you know, the opportunity to come out here and be able to coach full time in one, you know, sort of location and, and, and one club it was more so what, what I was looking for um, and also just to experience something new I'm always someone that um, from young I've always wanted to, to experience new things and I've never really wanted just to do the same things and you know for me if I'm just doing the same thing over and over again I feel like I'm not progressing do you know what I mean um, so yeah it was just you know to expand expand my, my horizon meet new people um, and yeah, it got me to where I am now, you know, coaching with uh, Juventus. Again, something that I would have never thought, you know, would happen. In terms of I, I would have never thought, I always believe in my ability. I always believe that I'm capable of doing great things. But for it to happen so fast right now at the moment, you know, to be associated with, with a huge brand like that and, and be able to have uh, first-hand access to you know, their training ground and, and be able to network with their coaches and, and, and things like that where, you know, I would have never thought it would happen so quick. And if I'm being honest with you, you know, if I was in the UK, maybe this opportunity might have not arised. You know what I mean? So again, it's like taking taking that, that leap of faith, you know, making sacrifices and stretching yourself as much as you can you know, and being open to things, I feel like that's that's the way you're gonna you're gonna see you know progress, and you're gonna see you know yourself going into new new territories, and being able to be adaptable to these things will, will help you to grow. So, yeah, I know I know I'm kind of drifting off to to different ways. No, not to, at you all, know. man. I think uh, key, so, a, lot, a key, couple of key things that you touched on there, obviously, is you know you 
identified early on uh well at some point in your journey anyway that you know that you kind of need to separate yourself from certain things that you've been doing in your life i mean i've mm-hmm. been there myself and almost i do so do a bit of self-reflection i think that's a real real key part and then mm-hmm. within the process of that is then looking to surround yourself with people that are going to get you away from that yeah that walk of life essentially um but i think a couple of things you touched on there you know, and it really kind of stems out is that throughout journey you need to make sure that you are passionate about what you're doing and that you, that needs to be your main focus and you can't you can't do anything half-hearted if you do it half-hearted you're probably not going to get anything out of it um mm-hmm. and even if you're doing or not even if you're going in full in you're still, you're still probably not going to get much out of it at least not in the beginning anyway mm-hmm. um it is it is about the long game and the process so you know kind of just bringing you back into you know your role now what does that role mm-hmm. look like and if you touch there you know you have an access to different elements of the eventers program across across the you know different areas that they work within um, mm. what does that look like on a day-to-day? So head coach of, uh, you know, the Juventus Academies in, in Oman, what does that look like? Um, so, yeah, in terms of uh, the, the role itself, we, we follow uh, the methodology from Juventus. So there's a lot of things that we have to do in line with uh, Juventus Academy back in, 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 um, in Turin. So in terms of my role, we... You know, we have to make sure that, that the coaches are, are delivering the right um, methods to the, to, the, to the participants at the academy, uh, making sure we're, we're dealing with, with parents, and, you know, on a daily basis, making sure that they're happy with, with what we're doing, um, sitting down with parents and, and giving them an outlook of, you know, the child's development. Um, making sure that, again, session plans for myself and, and for the rest of the coaches as well are in place. Um, and just kind of overall seeing, you know, the, the academy in terms of whether it be marketing, whether it will be, um, you know, meetings with, with potential sponsors. Um, again, sitting down, having team meetings on a weekly basis um, and again, delivering the sessions at the same time. So kind of overall hands in with with a lot of things within the academy. Um and it's, it's to be fair, I kind of like that as well because it's it's giving me an opportunity to to kind of experience different parts of you know the academy. Whereas you know if you if you look at a, a traditional setup in academy, you wouldn't really see one coach doing a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? It'll be certain people do this, certain people do that. Um, so you wouldn't really have one coach doing doing um, or covering a lot of areas in the academy. So. You know, for me, yeah, it's been it's been great um, just to just to cover a lot of those things and and yeah, just again going back to the question, just making sure that everything's in place um, with, with the academy. Then yeah, just within that, then you know, would you mind just talking to a little bit how what your role does for the player development side, and then how your role has an impact on the coach development aspect of things. Yeah, so in terms of the, the player development side, we, we have a curriculum, again, that we have to follow. At the same time, we have to cater to the need, um, you know, the, the, the players over here because as much as, you know, there's a certain methodology from Juventus itself, you know, the, the level here is not the same as, you know, as in Europe. So we have to cater to that. We have to make sure we're, we're thinking about, the long-term development of of the children and and, and the players that are here. So mm. we make sure we have a program in place for them. So that will be, uh, of course, you know, technical program. Um, even making sure mentally as well, we're, we're stimulating them in a in a in a right way. We're not trying to bombard them with too much information, kind of overload them with things. So we make sure we have a we have a, a curriculum again and a and a sort of format. That we we cover, so we'll go over that. We'll, we'll go over that every uh, every five weeks. So within the five weeks, we have a, a sit down with the with the players, with the parents, and, and go over how the child has been developing. Um, and we review that every every five weeks. And within the program, we have a a ten week program. Mm-hmm. So it's ten weeks for for four for four programs. So we run. Basically, throughout the year, we run 10 months uh, throughout the year. Uh, and again, so we break it down into five weeks. We just go over the program with them. In terms of coaches, again, you know, um, we, we have the area manager that will come over to us to oversee how things are doing. Uh, we do a lot of CPDs with 
with the Juventus coaches that come over. So we have a goalkeeping coach that will come over. We'll have the technical area manager that will come over. We'll have a, a psychology coach that will come over and, and more so for us to see how we operate um, and, you know, the, the effects of sometimes, again, bringing your life. And what I mean by life is, you know, whatever you're dealing with outside of the pitch, you know, try not to bring that on the pitch because it will have an effect on your coaching style, you know, the way you approach your coaching sessions and, and therefore it will affect the, the session, um, you know, going through it, going long-term with it, it will affect it. So, yeah, that's that's kind of overall what, what, what we do over here. Um, t- t- yeah, that's pretty much it. So, and just obviously within within your, your development yourself, is it people that oversee you and support you in that respect from the, from the whole programme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so again, the the area managers that will come over to 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 visit us, we have a sit down with them. Uh, we'll go over again, um, you know, our career goals, how how we're finding the program, what are we finding good about it, what what can we improve on it. Um, they'll watch, you know, even for myself, they'll watch me coaching. Um, they'll give me tips on certain things that maybe I should look for to to maybe implement in, in my coaching style. Um, so yeah, there's there's it's been again it's been an eye opener in terms of obviously having that education from the UK mm. and then having the education from the sort of you know the Italian coaches and the Juventus way that they do it. You know, it's kind of it, it's there's a lot of similarities, but at the same time. There is a lot of differences, and for me, it's been a it's been an eye opener, and I've been very open to, you know, seeing the way they do things, and and it's without a doubt, it's helped me to improve as a coach um, and also as a person as well. Brilliant. And you know, just within that, then what has your role taught you about leading others? Because you know, like, a leadership is a massive thing um, within obviously mm-hmm. the coaching world, and I think generally, um, as we get higher and higher, we will start, you know, certainly start to understand it's more about how we deal with individuals and tailor tailor our approach to each individual what is mm-hmm. what, what is your role in your journey so far tell you about that um i think it's something that i'm still learning without a doubt um i feel like you know like you said the great point that you said you know everyone's individuals um i feel like if 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 you have a one fit uh sort of all policy i feel like you can you can really have a have a have a negative effect for me personally. I feel like it's helped me to to let people express themselves, but at the same time, making sure that um, it's within a, a team collective environment. So, for instance, first things first is we all have to be on the same page, and what I mean by that is we all have to have the same destination. We all have to have to have the same goal. If that isn't in line to begin with, then we're, we're, we're hitting a dead end road. So that's, that's the first things first that I've, that I've learned is making sure that everyone's on the same page from mm. there. You're going to have, uh, you know, different views, different opinions. Um, some people might disagree. Some people might agree with it, but again, it's, it's being firm with the goal, being assertive with the goal and making sure that people buy into the goal. Once that happens, I feel like, things will slowly, slowly will will adjust. Uh, and then you get to a point where it's progression. You get to a point where, you know, you start to see results. Um, so for me, again, it, it's been able to to have that goal, make sure everyone's in, in, in the same sort of wavelength. And then also giving responsibility to people, you know, uh, being able to delegate and not feel like you have to do everything by yourself. This is the whole reason why you do have a team. You know, same thing in football. Everyone has a role and, and the pitch. You know, you can't expect your centre back to be scoring goals. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They ha- they have a job. The striker has a job, and that comes with it with the coaching uh, industry as well. You know, you have certain roles for certain coaches, which you feel like you know they can flourish more. And also, it's about expanding and trying to stretch your staff as well. Yeah. And that's something that that I feel like uh, a lot more. It, uh, coaches are starting to see, you know, you see the likes of Klopp, you know, he, he's, he, even though he is the manager, there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of responsibility on his assistant, um, Pep. He, he has a huge role at, um, 
at Liverpool. And you can see, you know, the players, the way they interacted with him. Even things like, uh, for instance, Arteta at, at Man City. You know, you hear players saying, you know, uh, Arteta had a huge role in terms of the development, you know, in terms of Sterling and things like that. So I feel like delegating as well is is a huge, huge, huge um, part of, of being a leader. And at the end of the day, like they say, teamwork makes the dream work. Definitely. I think, you know, one thing you kind of touch within that is obviously that delegating part. You know, I think a lot of coaches, certainly from my experience in the past, you know, that, that that can be quite a challenge because when you delegate, you also, you're to some extent relinquishing some responsibility and control. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, ultimately someone, you know, the buck has to stop with someone. So I think it's now within that, you know, coaches maybe are highlighting, identifying, maybe doing that self-reflection bit that we talked about earlier, maybe looking at where are their strengths. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. really just focusing and honing in on those strengths. Now, I just want to take you back to your journey a little bit now, you know, going through yeah. not just as a coach, but prior to that, you know, as a player and, you know, as a young, as, as a young, uh, young man growing up. You mm-hmm. know, it'd be interesting to know maybe what, if you've ever had anyone in the form of a mentor and maybe what some of the biggest lessons you've kind of taken from that. You know, you talked briefly um, about some of the experiences that you that you've that you've encountered in your you know in your journey mm. and some of the difficulties that that may have brought throughout your life and how you've maybe potentially overcome some of those challenges. I wanted to know if there was any particular people that you had around you that supported you in any way and maybe if you could just shed some insight around what the what the you know the key learnings and messages were from those people or the, or even even certain experiences. Yeah, no, for sure. Um I feel like in terms of my journey, um, so I came to the UK when I was eight, um, couldn't speak a word of English, so it, it was always it was always the catch-up game for me, you know, learning new language, learning how to interact with people, learn, just always, I felt like I, was, I had to do a, a catch-up with a lot of things. Even with football, um, in terms of getting to an academy, at that time, I, I always felt like I was good enough. It's just I wasn't being able to express my, my ability um, because of the fact that I wasn't really with a team till I was about, till the age of, i say about 12. So when I came to the UK with the age of eight, I was just playing in primary school, you know, just playing playground football. So again, it was just like I was always playing a catch-up game. I'm always trying to trying to just keep up with things, and it was I never really had a mentor like that. I remember my first coach. Um, he was the first sort of guy that I looked up to because I learned so much from him um, at a time when I was in primary school. He used to come after school and just kind of give uh, football sessions to us and. That was my first sort of encounter with seeing someone in light where I thought, like, you know what, I can learn a lot from this guy. And he gave me a lot of confidence in terms of my ability. And, and again, that was my first club that I kind of signed for and, and you know, like Sunday League. And then it was only till the age of, like, 14, 15, when I first went to Northampton. Um, and prior to that, I was playing for my county. I was playing for my, my um, district. I was playing for my school team. So... Throughout this whole journey, again, at the county, when I was playing for my county, Middlesex, all the players were in, in, in academies and I was the only player that wasn't in an academy. So I was thinking, how is that possible? I'm the only player in this team that is not with, a, with an academy team. So I, I had the belief that, you know, things are going to change. I'm going to get an opportunity. But then when I got the opportunity, again, it was... I'm playing. I'm still playing a catch-up game because when I'm going into Northampton, they've had players, you know, that have been with them for a very long time. Uh, you know, we've had players like Anton Blackwood who went on to play for Tottenham, um, Joel Benjamin who went to go on playing for, for for the first team for Northampton. So, a lot of these kids were there prior to when I came. So, again, it was me just trying to do the best that I can. So, in terms of like learning I had to do a lot of learning myself I had to learn to be resilient I had to learn to keep going I had to learn you know not to give up and a lot of that stemmed from of course you know my my, my parents my mum my dad you know the sacrifices that they made to come to the UK 
um, see my mum and my dad work tirelessly, you know, working hours and hours and hours. It, it, it showed me that that work rate that you need to have, you know, especially when you're coming from basically nothing. So it's always, again, seeing people like that um, gave me that motivation to just to keep going. I remember when I was 14, 15, again, when I was, when I was playing for Northampton, I was, I was going to do paper rounds. You know, I wasn't the best at it, to be fair. I was just flinging the papers um, at the doors. And then um, it, that didn't really last long. But I always wanted to just keep myself busy, you know, make some extra money as much as I can so I'm able to, you know, just buy certain things that I, that I wanted. Um, so, again, life lessons more so. It, it came from me experiencing life myself. I never really had a had a mentor as such, you know. It's only of recent where... I would say, you know, I've had people that have supported me along the way um, that I look to as as a as a mentor. Uh, someone like uh, Troy Townsend, who's who's helped me a lot during my time um, in terms of guiding me in the right direction. Uh, also, John Keys, who was used to work for for Arsenal Community, you know, he used to help me a lot in terms of again guiding me and direct me in the right direction and just giving me advice. Really, just giving me advice on certain things. Um, and of course, even till now, our parents, you know, still talk to them, always ask them for their advice. But in terms of in the football industry, I never really had, not that I can recall anyway, someone that, I, that I'd say, you know, he was a mentor to me or she was a mentor to me. Um, it was more so I had to kind of figure things out for myself. Um, it's just on that, know. what would you say is some of the biggest things that you were maybe just able to self-reflect on and, you know, self-diagnose from that perspective then? Um, that's a good question. To be fair, again, in terms of my, my mindset, has always been like you have to keep going no matter what. And especially, again, coming from the environment where we come from, it's like your back's against the wall all the time. You have to try and make things happen. People will tell you you're not good enough. People are going to tell you, uh, yeah, you're dreaming too big, mate. Like, so in terms of, again, those experiences, it, I've had to tell myself, you can't listen to what others say. In terms of you can't listen is you have to filter the good and the bad. And what I mean by that is like having the core people around you where you can sit down and have that conversation and have a genuine conversation and be open about, you know, your circumstance. So it's like me me being true to myself and actually be, me being honest with myself as well, um, which I've learned along the way, which, which to this day, uh, you know, there, there's times where, you, you know, you might doubt yourself. You might um, feel some type of way about certain things and whatnot. But again, I feel like that's that's a lot of the unlearning. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that I have to do from the certain circumstance that we've come from. Because to, to be honest with you, a lot of those things, you know, it, it's not true in terms of that was just a circumstance at that time. That doesn't mean that it was a reality. Do you know what I mean? So it's for, for me, it's like I've had to, to build my own sort of reality in my own head. And, and again, like I said, in terms of having a, a foundation, there wasn't really a foundation of, of success in, in, in terms of, you know, my mum being a, a lawyer or whatever, you know, like worldly success. It, that, wasn't, that wasn't there. So it's for me, is that I had to kind of create that myself. And until this day, I still just tell myself, and even people around me is like, you have to be open. You have to be open to learn. You have to be open to new things, you know. So that's a lot of things that I've, I've, I've taken from, from my journey. Mm. Kind of just kind of moving things forward, then you know, you've had quite a few years in coaching now, you know, working yeah. six years now. You know, you talked about how you, how you got into coaching, but just interested to know what keeps you motivated and inspired to keep going and I guess try and be your best to get better every day. Mm, that's a good, that's a good question as well because I feel like, um, 
it's funny that you asked me that as well because I've just well I, I finished uh, like a online course that's called uh, football football in business business in football sorry um, which is something a topic that we covered on in terms of motivation for me personally my my missus that's a huge motivation for me as I feel like she's always been there for me in terms of see me at my lowest, see me at my highest. I feel like people like that, I just can't let down. My parents, I can't let down. The journey that, you know, my mom and my dad has taken and the sacrifices that they've made for, for myself and for my, for my brother, when I, when I look at that, I always think there's no way I can let that go to waste. So that those things just keep me motivated every single day, you know, being able to to make sure that, you know, the, the things that these people have done for me in my life, I can't just close the door on them and say, I'll give up. It's impossible. That's not in my that's not in my DNA. That's not in my vocabulary. I can't say I'll give up. You know. And and at the same time, I feel like doing something that you enjoy, doing something that you love is will keep you going through the bad days, you know, or the, the days that are, you know, you're not feeling as energised as you would, you know what I mean? Because we all have our days. We all have good days. We all have a, a day where, you know, you just can't be asked. But again, it's doing something that you enjoy that will get you through those days and, and remembering why you're doing it and remembering, like, who you're doing it for. But make sure, obviously, first and foremost, you're doing it for yourself. But again, it's the people along the way that's helped you, the people that's that's been on the journey with you. You can't just throw things away. It's impossible. So again, for me, that's that's my motivation. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's the key thing you say there, again, is it's really stems that is that passion. You need to really love what you're doing. Um, and mm. that, that's where, you know, that internal motivation and that intrinsic motivation comes from. It's about just enjoying mm. it. You know, you're, again, you know, now working in a role where maybe you're overseeing a program, you've been through a few different, you know, a few different environments within, within your years of coaching, but also as a player, you know, mm-hmm. just interested to know what, what would you say is maybe one of your biggest bugbears when it comes to coaching? Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think, again, I think a lot of people have a lot to say in terms of when they're, when they're overseeing other people's sessions or, you know, even like myself as a player, you know, I, at that time, I didn't know what the coaches are going through their, their personal life. So sometimes, again, what I was saying before, um, in terms of leaving that, leaving that um, sort of whatever's going on outside of work, keep that outside. As soon as you step on that pitch, you have to be in tune. You know, physically, mentally, your energy levels have to be in tune with with the session and and to cater the players' needs. Now, that will all stem from one experience, that will stem from learning. Um, so when I see certain things or see certain coaches, you know, acting a certain way or using certain words, I, I feel like that's all part of their, their learning. I feel like you can sit down with them or maybe have a conversation, but in terms of criticising, I'm not one to be that person because, you know, they say, you know, when you're in the sideline, everyone's got the most talk. But it's not when you're, it's not until you're on the pitch where you see things from a different perspective. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, again, seeing certain coaches, for me, I'm not one to criticise. There's a lot of things that in my area that I need to improve, mm. you know. Um, in terms of something that I may disagree is is especially when it comes to like you football is that command style. For me, that doesn't work because at that age, you just want to be free. You know, you've been, you've been at school all day long. You've got your teachers telling you what to do. Probably at home, more, more, more than likely, there's restrictions for you to do certain things. Now you come into the pitch, that's one place for you to escape or, you know, just feel free, you know, for you to express yourself. Now you come in onto the pitch, now you've got your coach telling you, you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, I'm not saying for it just to be an open show and you can do whatever you want. There, there's boundaries, there's, there's certain things that, you know, we have to implement. But for me, it's like, 
having that command style for youth players, it just doesn't work. You know, and that's my yeah. opinion. Youth players, obviously, there's a large range within those ages. There's a specific age group that you're maybe thinking about as you speak. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah. working right through from foundation phase, maybe through to, you know, I'm talking like under fives, maybe up to under, tw- under 21s. Yeah. It, do you feel that there's a certain age where that needs to kind of maybe be steered away from and maybe a certain age where it maybe needs to be brought back in? Yeah, I think I think of course, like you said, a hundred percent. If we're if we're talking about, you know, um, the ages of of fourteen and above, I feel like we can start implementing, you know, the, you know, the the aspect of winning and things like that. But prior to that, I just can't see. You know, I see a lot of teams and a lot of coaches putting so much emphasis on in winning and you know, doing things in a certain way. We must do this. We must do that. We must get the ball. We must play it down the line. Do you know what I mean? It's like they're having a philosophy already in place for these players where at 12 years old, you, you could completely change the way you approach the game by the time you're, you're 16, 17. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of elements that will play into it, like in terms of, again, you're... you're your your mind will change completely. Your your body will change. There's a lot of elements that will change. So, for me personally, I feel like by the age, by the time you're 14, I feel like that's when we can start implementing a different sort of way of of coaching. If you if you say prior to that, I feel like it's all about development, about enjoying, being able to manipulate the ball in a certain way, being able to play certain positions, being able to understand the game in a different way. Do you know what I mean? And letting them express themselves. I feel, I feel, I personally feel anyway that that's that's the way to, to kind of go about things. So then, just kind of just to kind of delve deeper into that, what would you say? You know, if, if I ask you to describe some of the fundamentals to your own coaching philosophy, what would that be? Um, for me personally, is 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 letting players have the freedom to express themselves. Number one. I feel like once you let them express themselves, I feel like that's when you're going to get the best out of somebody. Um, of course, without a doubt, making sure you know we work, we work as a team. Even though, as much as as I'm saying, in that age group is is very individual, but understanding as well that you know it, it's a team effort. Being able to to give fundamentals of of you know life skills as well. First and foremost, at that age, I'm talking about the younger ages, is is giving them life skills um, before they think about you know football and things like that because I feel like that's the foundation of, of any of these youth players is, is building the, the, the life skills um, and again I feel like again having that that, that, that freedom having that expression just to, to go there on the pitch and, and express yourself I feel like that's that's what we need to do work hard without a doubt I feel like that's something that that kind of goes out the window when, when a lot of people say express yourself and you know there's a lot of times where the players are expressing themselves but they're not really working hard enough, you know. They're not they're not putting the right amount of effort, you know. For instance, if 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 we concede a goal, how do you react to things? So it's that mindset again. It's, I feel like installing them sort of things from early is important. Um, and and then overall, overall, I, I know a lot of people say have fun, but I feel like again for those younger ages, because for me, I personally enjoy them more. Than, than than the 15s and the 16s. I feel like it's a really hard age group in terms of um, dealing with them as a as as a collective as well. Mm. Um, and it's a very sensitive uh, age group as well. But again, going back to the fundamentals, that I feel like overall is is the enjoyment. You know, enjoyment of football. Go out there, have fun, and and that's when you're going to see the best of people. You know, when they're playing with less pressure on their backs. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to touch on that. You, you find that the, you know, the, maybe that 14 to 15 kind of age range is maybe a bit more challenging for you. I mean, I, yeah. I, for me personally, I, I'm, I'm quite the opposite. I think that's probably the easiest one for me. Um, mm. but obviously, that's when it comes down to different individuals and, you know, the strengths and, uh, I guess, preferences. What is mm. it about coaching those younger players that you really enjoy? I think it's their ability to be creative. I'm like me as a person. I'm I'm a creative person. I'm not to say, you know, the 15s and 16s are not creative, but you know how it is at that age. Is <laughs> you, you you're not as open no more. You know, you're not you, you're not as in terms of open. I mean, you, you see things in a different light where 
certain things that you was doing maybe at 12, 13, they're not as cool at 16. You have to have this image at 15, 16 where you can't be seen as as, as a weakling or wh- whatever word that you want to use. Mm. But I feel like at that age, you know, again, you're dealing with, you know, uh, growth spurts. You're, you're dealing with a lot of uh, hormones, balances that, that a lot of these kids are going through. And, and for them, they won't really understand exactly what's going on because it's, it's a lot of things that happen internally. So you're having to deal with a lot of those things. For me, with a younger age group, I just love when they're just, they're so vibrant, they're so creative. That, and the way they absorb information is, is a lot quicker for me personally than um, the older kids. You know, I feel like once you get to that age, if they've had bad habits along the way, it's a bit harder to kind of brush that out of them. Whereas with the younger ones, you kind of got like a, a fresh palette to start off with. You kind of, you install the good habits into them and, and, and they, they don't really have too much bad habits in them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Compared to the 15s and 16s. And of course, we're talking about the elite environment. Of course, you know, at 15, 16, you, you, there's a lot of good habits that you've got in you. But I just mean in general, uh, coaching, uh, I feel like, you know, for me, that, that, that's my enjoyment with, with the young yeah. ones. I think it's interesting for me that those bits that you talk about there in almost having a, a more ingrained profile and personality is, is, I guess, that's the challenge that I thrive off. You know, can I, can I, can I shift that? Can I, can I mm-hmm. adjust that? Can I, can I break into that and, you know, change that behavior pattern? Can I move it, you know, the mindset into into a more positive or more conducive and um, productive uh, how, way of thinking? How have you found that challenge yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, well, you know, for me, I've been coaching, you know, just uh, just over ten years now, and then you know. I've spent predominantly most of my, my my years working with that kind of 15 to kind of 21 age range, working with you know, slightly older players, working grassroots football, working in academy football, uh, mm-hmm. colleges and universities. So I, I feel quite comfortable working in that in that kind of in that area. Um, and I feel like you know the biggest part of it is like you said that you know you got you got to understand all the individual differences, and I think as they get mm-hmm. older or in and around those sorts of ages, the the variables become greater. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that be like you said growth spurts whether that be because maybe they're going through relationships whether that they're starting to uh, be given more responsibilities at home or whatever that might look like there's so many different variables I think the, the key thing that's kind of stood out for me is you've got to try and build a connection with everyone that you're working with uh, mm-hmm. regardless of their age so I think that in itself you know that has been key for me personally. I think, you know, one of the things I would say to all coaches that maybe are looking, considering getting into coaching or haven't quite decided where where they want to end up is, is maybe look at where your strengths lie. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of coaches, you know, I've seen some fantastic coaches that um, are great working with the 9s, 10s and 11s and maybe aren't as suited to working with the 15s, 16s. Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad thing. However, then we've got, you know, as you touched on, right at the top of the conversation was around the finances that come with some of the coaching roles um, mm-hmm. and what that looks like you know and the landscape generally is you know the older the players you work with especially working when you're working within the elite game you tend to get you know I guess compensated better for those roles rather than working with younger age groups mm-hmm. um, which obviously then presents another dilemma for coaches to consider when they're right now moving into potentially that academy football or that elite quote, uh, quote unquote elite environment Mm-hmm. Um, what, 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 sorry to cut you off, bro, but um, I think, do you know what it is? I think in the UK, there's a stigma as well in terms of the younger age groups. I feel like a lot of coaches feel like the, the bad coaches get dumped onto the younger boys and the good coaches will go with the older ones. Where for me, again, I feel like the most important part of the process is those early stages, those early blocks, because... Yeah. They set you up, do you know what I mean, for when you are 15, 16. And when you see in terms of other countries like Holland, for instance, the best coaches are the younger age groups because they're setting a standard. That's one way of looking at it. And I I don't think it's necessarily the best coaches, but I think it's the the most suited coaches. Mm. Um, And I think that's the key thing to identify. Like I said, every coach has a different, you know, a different strength and an area to areas for development. Mm. So mm-hmm. where you might be an excellent, you might you might not be excellent te- technically or tactically, but you might be yeah. very 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 good at engaging with those young players, making it a fun session for them, and 
really d- developing and I guess encompassing that passion of the game for them, yeah. um, which is going to be important no matter what age group you're working with, but it's probably more relevant at the younger, younger age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As you start to go through them, you probably want to, you probably want somebody who's a bit more skilled in the technical, tactical side of things and has a bit more of an understanding of, you know, how to support players through their, you know, like you said, through their growth spurts and the yeah. different stages of their journeys. And I think that that's the key thing for me. So, you know, there is this, this, uh, this connotation around players, or so rather coaches, being better in the foundation phase or working, mm-hmm. I, I personally don't see it that way. I think it's, you know, you just got to identify where is that coach best suited? What is the skill set mm-hmm. that coach brings to the environment? Um, mm-hmm. Got someone who's better suited to working with older players for whatever reason, put them there. No, I agree <laughs> yeah. with you. I agree yeah. with you. It goes back to what you were talking about earlier about delegate, delegating. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at, right. But then I think also what coaches should really start to do themselves is start to look at their own work and say, right, what am I strong at? What am yeah. I good at, and maybe use that as the as the base to build their brand from, or build their their philosophy and build their, I guess, yeah, their brand essentially. So, you know, uh-huh. one of the things that I personally have, you know, I guess, look back on my own journey and thought, okay, where where are one of my areas of strengths? And I think if someone said to me, you know, what's one key thing that you think you're really strong with? And I think it's just being able to design effective practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you know, it, it sounds simple, but actually, when I come, when I when I you know I've worked as a coach educator as well, and I've had a conversation with so many coaches, and sometimes coaches they struggle to actually design their own practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but actually, if they understand the dynamics of a practice, they can actually be really good at putting the practice on, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is it, it, within each individual about assessing what you think you're strong at and where you think you can actually add most value and maybe just using that as the as the pivotal or the, or the cornerstone of whatever you whatever it is that you're doing within the coaching world if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand and and to be honest with you in terms of maybe I used the wrong word in terms of best but like you said the most better suited but I feel like I feel like that age is so important so vital mm. you need to have coaches that are uh, a bit more cre- on a creative side because at that age you have to be you have to be dynamic. I'm not to say that the older uh, the older uh, coaches in terms of age groups are not dynamic. I just mean in terms of again you have to you have to be a, not creative. It's hard to kind of put into words, but again yeah. I feel like going back to it fundamentally, it, them ages are super crucial because they set you up for the long term. Do you know what I mean? And like you said, put it in, in the terms of the best suited coaches for each, for each age group is, is vital. Definitely. You know, kind of just come back to yourself now, you know, you, you, what would you say, you know, in, in your years of coaching now, you know, you're now working as head coach, obviously with, with your Juventus academies and Oman and that, what would you say is one of the biggest challenges you face as a coach? And, you know, if you have, how have you overcome it? And if you haven't, how do you plan on overcoming it? Um, I think the first one, the challenge for me was in terms of, especially over here, um, a lot of the parents see, see the game in a different way. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of them see it as it's just a hobby. You know, a lot of them don't see it in the same way as some parents in the UK where it's like some of them are kind of banking on this, you know, this journey of their child for them to become a professional footballer. Mm. For a lot of these kids over here, um, like I said, especially for the older groups as well, a lot of these kids are well off. You know, they have they have the, the, they have the driver, they have the nanny, they're coming with new boots every week. Uh, you know, the life is set for them. So in terms of getting them motivated, having that grit, that determination, these culture words that we use, um, trying to install that in the kids was very difficult at the beginning and trying to get the parents on board and explain them the vision of, you know, the process and, and things like that. There'll be times where we go to tournaments and a lot of these kids are just 
they don't have the motivation to play. They don't want to. They just they're just there just to turn up and just play, you know. Which in one aspect, you know, that's fine. But in terms of if we're looking about the older age groups and trying to install that winning mentality into them, a lot of them didn't have it. A lot of these kids were coming just for the sake of coming and and having that enjoyment with with, with their friends. You know, once the session is done, that's it. No problem. We'll get on with it. But even things like, you know, me growing up, if we go to tournaments, if we lose a tournament and we get back on a coach, the coach is silent. Nobody's talking. Do you know what I mean? Whereas over here, no matter if it's a win, draw, loss, they're, they're just back to normal. It's not a problem for them. Do you know what I mean? So it's like kind of getting them to to understand, you know, the concept of, you know, actually competing, you know, when you're a certain age, actually compete. So I think that at the beginning was a bit of a challenge. Um, and it was a process. It was a process of, again, experience, going to different games, going to different tournaments, constant conversations with, with, uh, with the parents, with the players. And I think over time, again, it comes down to them you know, understanding what you're trying to implement mm. and actually seeing a difference um, has been has been remarkable to the point where now, you know, we see a lot of our boys, they're going to tournaments and, and they're really expressing themselves but at the same time actually competing and, and feeling like they've achieved something rather than just turning up for the sake of turning up because, you know, that's what we're meant to do. Um, so that's that's been a, a great accomplishment. Uh, for, for myself and for the rest of the academy as well, to be fair. Cool. You know, kind of just as we start to wind down, you know, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit then. You know, if you could mm-hmm. turn back, you know, time and talk to yourself when you first got into coaching, I know you said you had a very brief stint early on in your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, you've kind of gone full-time over the last six years or so. If you could yeah. speak to yourself, go back to the start of your journey, what would be one message you'd want to give yourself knowing what you know now about the coaching world and even 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 thinking about back on your journey as a player and you know that that time that you took out from the game is there any messages that you you know if there was a younger Gerald Lamy sitting in front of you right now that you'd want to give him um I would say enjoy the process enjoy the process of learning meeting new people enjoy the moments because they come and go, especially in my playing days. I never really took the moment to actually just enjoy me playing, for instance, in Cyprus, take that time out and think, actually, you know what? I'm actually getting paid for this. I've trained every single day. I never really took that in until it was over. I feel like at the moment, you're just, you're kind of like on a pilot mode. You're just cruising through. You're not really taking the moment. And I feel like once you sit down and actually just take a moment and just think, you know what? I've actually achieved a lot of things during this time. I feel like that will give you that extra motivation as well during whatever you're going through. I feel like that's important. Same time, keep good people around you. Understand who the good people around you and not just people that will just say yes to everything. You need someone to say, you know what, maybe you should think about doing it this way. Actually, I don't agree with what you said there. That is how you're going to grow and not just want the fairy tale of, yeah, I'm doing everything great. That's not how you're going to progress. You need someone to tell you, you know what, today, I don't think you was at your best. Why wasn't I at my best? These are the questions that you need to ask. And if they come back with valid points, then for me personally, these are the type of people that you need around you because... Again, that's how you're going to grow. So I feel, again, enjoy the process, keep good people around you, and have fun with it. Just have fun with it. Mm. So now, currently head coach, Juventus Academies in Oman. What's next? You know, are you enjoy, you know, I mean, no doubt you're probably enjoying that role very much. So I don't know how long you expect to see yourself within that role, but have you got any ideas of where you might go next with your journey? Um. I've definitely been enjoying it and I'm still enjoying it. Um, In terms of the future, obviously with everything that's going on at the moment, 
Um, we we just we just don't know where where it's going to take us. But for me, um, I never want to put a, a ceiling over me where, you know, I, I just want to try and get as far as I can in the game. And whether that will still be in coaching or in different departments of football, whether it will be behind the scenes, whether it will be in recruitment, whether it will be, you know, a technical director role, mm. that's something that I'm, I'm always open for. And even things like, like what you're doing at the moment and, and what I've been doing at the moment in terms of podcasts and things like that. Never did I think that I'm going to be doing that. Never did I think I'm going to start something like that. But again, for me, it's, it's growing, stretching yourself, putting yourself in new territories, putting yourself in environments that you're not comfortable because that's the only way you're going to grow. So for me, it's just about challenging myself. Can I, can I put certain obstacles in my way and, and try and overcome it? Same way where you said, you know, with the older kids, that's the that's the type of environment you thrive in because you want to kind of unravel certain things that maybe, you know, they've accounted when they were younger and you want to try and, you know, iron certain things out and put them in the right place and, and see them flourish. So for me, it's quite similar in terms of I want to put myself in, in positions where I'm challenging myself to, to the best that I can um, in, in every aspect. And like I said, I'm I'm not one to, to close any doors in terms of opportunities and in a, in a, in a sense where, if it's a different department in football, I would like to test it out because, again, if you're thinking about it in terms of my, 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 my coaching career so far, I'm still a baby in the game, if you think about it. I haven't really, I haven't been 10 years deep into it as yet, you know what I mean? I haven't, I haven't touched on every single aspect of it. There's so much that, that I can learn, even to the point where you're seeing established coaches that are still learning to this day. So I've still got a long, long way to go. Um, but again, I'm not one to kind of sway away from other opportunities within football that I mean, like, again, like I said, whether it will be a technical director role, whatever recruitment, maybe in terms of uh, overseeing things um, off the pitch. But I feel like at the moment, I still got a lot to give on the pitch, you know, still got a lot to learn on the pitch. So I feel like, you know, I still got a lot more years to give um, to, to to that side of things. Mm. So just then, you know, as you kind of wind down, then you know, if you had sixty seconds now to kind of wrap up one golden nugget for the listeners, what would that be? Um, again, whatever you're doing, whether it'll be coaching, whether it'll be whatever playing or whatever aspect that you're coming from, enjoy the process. Have good people around you. Have fun while you're doing it as well. Make sure you're working hard. And when I mean by working hard, not just tirelessly killing yourself, but make sure you're, you're understanding your body. Make sure you're asking questions and put yourself in the right people, the right environment. Don't be afraid to, to message anybody. We're in a day and age where people are accessible. You know, you've got things like LinkedIn, you've got things like Instagram. These people are accessible where you can send a message and, and find that information. You know, never put yourself in a box in terms of this is the only thing that I can do. Expand yourself, put yourself in uncomfortable positions and and, and throughout this whole thing, like I said, learn as much as you can and that way that you'll be the best version of yourself. Brilliant. So just um, on a final note then, you know, if the listeners did have any questions or wanted to get in touch with you, where could they do that? And if you just want to maybe let us know a bit about your podcast as well. Yeah, sure. So in terms of the podcast, I started it um, during the lockdown. Something, again, um, that I wanted to expand on on, on myself, you know, put myself in, in a position where, you know, I'm not one to kind of put myself in the front of the camera. And I wasn't brought up like that in terms of, you know, social media and things like that. Of course, we have to evolve with, with everything that's going around us. And again, that's something that I'm, I'm a huge fan of, you know, evolving as a person. Um, to some people that not that might not be their path, but for me, I feel like you know, technology is a big part of our lives now. So I feel like we need to kind of evolve with it as well. So yeah, the Coach Joe Lamy podcast. Um, I'm also starting it just for giving that 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 inspiration to to people within the football industry and people that are not in the football industry because again, a lot of things that people encounter within the football industry they're very transferable to every aspect of life or different. Um, industries 
So it's more so to find out about journeys, inspire the next generation, inspire others. Um, so, yeah, it's been going really well. We've had some good guests on there. Um, you can check that out on YouTube, Spotify, um, all the major platforms. You can check that out. Check, that, check us out on Instagram, um, the Coach Gerald Lamy podcast. You can also check out my, my personal page as well, um, Coach Gerald dot Lammy um, and yeah if there's any questions or is there anything that, that people want to ask me you can just hit me up on, on those well there you have it guys it's another edition of the Coaches Network Insight Series where we sit down with experienced individuals across the multiple disciplines within the coaching world hoping to explore their journeys and key insights in order to package away some golden nuggets that you can apply to help you reach your full potential I've no doubt that you've enjoyed today's episode as much as we have but I just want to say thanks again for tuning in the support is much appreciated please do get in touch with us and today's guests. Let us know where you're listening from to share your thoughts, views and key takeaways from today's show, along with any suggestions you may have for guests or future topics on the show that you'd like to hear discussed. Ultimately, guys, the show is about yourselves. The content is for you and we just want to continue to create that great content. On that note, get in touch with us on Instagram at The Coaches Network and on Twitter at The Coaches Net. And if you want to touch base with Coach Ben, he's available on Instagram and Twitter at FocusBXN. Lastly, guys, keep an eye on our socials for the latest updates and announcements for upcoming guests and discussion topics with the panel. And until next time, guys, take care. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.